White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap post game show presented by On Tap Sportsnet. It's Johnny Nani alongside my guy Tony On Tap. Unfortunately, discussing another White Sox loss, we probably assume that at this point in the season. Tony, how you doing? Johnny, I am doing just about the same as I've been doing for what feels like uh, about a week now. I think we're at five in a row after today's White Sox loss. It's uh, it's painful, and it continues to get even more painful each and every day. Um, this continues to go on here. Um, the beatings will continue until morale improves, and, and morale ain't improved until we win a baseball game. I feel like it's a cycle that's unbreakable, right? Um, because how would you generate morale? Probably win a baseball game, right? But then all the things that we have talked about and are going to continue to talk about going wrong then breaks down morale and also prevents you from winning baseball games, right? So that's where we're at. We're in the cycle, and now, as the episode title states, it's not a hole. It's a crater. That's where we're at, and it's only April 24th. It is only April 24th, Johnny. April seems like it's taken years off of my life as a White Sox fan. Uh, Just watching this team play, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. It's amazing to sit here on April 24th and just look at where we're at. It's not good, and it shows no signs of getting better. I mean, we had a long extended show about, you know, big picture stuff yesterday. I encourage everybody to go check that out, our Sunday Funday episode wherever you listen to podcasts or check it out on YouTube. Um, We went in depth on a lot of things, Johnny, but today's no better than it was yesterday. And you're right. Sort of like the chicken and the egg, man. What comes first? Right. That's what you talked about being down bad here. Um, Let's discuss that crater. The White Sox dropped to seven and 16 with this loss series, opening loss against the Toronto Blue Jays. Lost five in a row now. After getting swept over the weekend in Tampa Bay, um, you're in danger of going six back. Currently five and a half, but that Twins game has not concluded yet. Last I checked, they were up five nothing. Um, he got three hits, four walks, one hit by pitch, and one reach on error tonight. That's not going to get the job done. I don't care what the hell else happens in the game. Very rarely will that ever get the job done. No, it won't get the job done, Johnny. And, and we've seen this a couple of times from the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I believe they were only able to score in one inning. Uh, That's a common theme that uh, we've discussed here numerous times. Um, You saw the, you know, runners left on base thing once again from the Chicago White Sox offense. It's a broken record um, and it continues to be. Um, I don't know how you jump out of this. I mean, you saw a couple of different things here from the offense tonight. First one that comes to mind is, for a brief moment there, it looked like Luis Robert fixed his plate approach. Um, ends up taking a walk, and that's the inning, a two-out walk, um, that the White Sox were seemingly able to go score some runs in. It's amazing when that happens, and then, you know, the next step bad, he's up there swinging at a breaking ball in the dirt for strike three. Um, you know, there's there were some encouraging signs there from Luis Robert. Made another great defensive play. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, no, in an offensive standpoint, Johnny, there just has to be more. There has to be more there. Um, pissing away leads. That's the worst theme, I think, of them all, is when you have that 2 nothing lead, 
just the inability to go step on the opponent's throat, add more, um, and keep your team in the ball game. I'm playing from behind way too much. Right. And, and you talk about that shift. I think we, we can turn to certain points in the game and call them turning points, right? And that was in the fourth inning. And when Luis Robert made that catch, first of all, I think we should you know talk about that incredible hang time on that leap um, to rob Matt Chapman of a home run in center field. Um, I don't know how he stayed up in the air so long. That, that was quite amazing. Um, it, probably one of the best home run robberies that you'll see this year, just in terms of the timing of the jump uh, and what he had to do to bring that one back. But that should be a turning point, right? That's a big momentum play. Lance acknowledges Luis out in center field. And then the Blue Jays are able to start a two-out rally after that, thanks to a walk, string together a couple of hits. And next thing before you know it, a couple of runs are across the plate. Not great, Bob. It's not great, Bob. And Johnny, this goes back to something that we touched on a lot yesterday. Um, teams having fun and, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. There, There's a morale improver right there. One of the greatest catches you're going to see probably all summer um, of any team in center field, robbing a home run, Luis Robert, incredible job on that. That should have been a momentum builder. That should have been something that you rally around. That was the first time in a while. It seemed like I saw the guys having somewhat of fun in the dugout. You, they panned to the dugout. Eloy Jimenez is, you know, ecstatic. You see the guys all um, just getting up for Luis Robert. It was an amazing play. It's the one step forward, three steps back that really grinds my gears. Uh, you have to be able to then go close that out and take the momentum. Great plays followed by shitty plays is a real way to just curb any sort of build towards positivity that anybody's going to have. And I think that so far early on this season, that's been repeated enough times that it will break you. It will break you very early on. When you see that it looks weak, it, it, it it's just, I feel broken from it. I think everybody else should feel broken from it. I don't know about you, but I, I yeah, I, I got to pull up our boy sales comment here and says, I was worried about your sanity before the Blackhawks season started, but this might be worse. Yeah. You tune into four feathers podcast over there. Cause this was a tank year, but you know what, Tony, you had said something before we jumped on and honestly kind of wish we were doing a four feathers talking about ping pong balls and lottery odds instead of this, because you knew what to expect, right? All throughout Blackhawk season. Now, here we're open for a rebound season, White Sox land, and it ain't happening. In fact, the absolute worst thing, worst case scenario possible, which our guy NWI Steve wrote about over at ONTAP Sportsnet, is playing out right before our eyes. And it's only getting worse from there, because I believe you wrote that Saturday. And yeah. now they have suffered three losses since then. So it's even worse. Yeah, and, and you know, he just continues to speak misery into existence but uh you do a fine job editing it johnny I yeah thanks. You put up with it. <laughs> thanks yeah um you know sometimes you just gotta get down to the words and um ignore the meaning that's that's how you get through it <laughs> um back to this game uh we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about lance links it's been it's been a you know debated topic is he cooked i think that's the question that everybody wants to ask here um five innings five hits four runs all of them earned three walks, four strikeouts, one home run allowed, which was the dagger in this game. And it was allowed to a guy who was hitting poorly. Biggio, Kevin Biggio. And Lance hung one right out over the plate with two guys on and 
before you know it, that's a three run homer and that tilts tie, you know, uh, tips the scales in Toronto's favor there. Um, because that, that, you know, a three run swing there that eliminates the White Sox lead went from up to one to down four two. And that seemed like the backbreaker already there. And that was only the fourth inning. We weren't even halfway through the game, right? Yeah. No, we weren't. And, and that was, that was it. I mean, you could have tuned out at this game and pretty much, uh, close the book um, at that point, but I do want to back it up a little bit is, is Lance cooked. Um, that's been widely debated. Um, if you look at any corner of the internet that you uh, consume white Sox content in um, that gives people a voice to comment on this, he started this game. It was the best start of Lance's 2023 campaign. I mean, that first inning was very impressive. Uh, he worked around some stuff. Uh, up until that point where he gives up that home run. Obviously, he had a little bit of help from Luis Robert, or, you know, you can add another earned run on Lance. Um, it's not the same, but it's still sort of the trajectory of where Lance was sort of headed. There were dangerous spots um, throughout the past, you know, I'd say year and almost a half with Lance Lynn um, that you can look at things that, uh, would sort of signal he, he's on the back half of his career. I think that everybody sort of knows that. Um, I, I don't think that's up for debate. That's a yeah well-known fact, just given his age, I think. Um, I'd like to point to a clip that you and Steve generated on the show, what, his, not his last start, but the one before that, and when the velocity was down. And this was still after a 10K performance against the Minnesota Twins. And Steve voiced the concerns then, and understandable because it's hard to maneuver around major league hitters with that drop in velocity. Now, like you'd said at the beginning of this outing, he was able to navigate through some things. He was able to you know, get a few strikeouts, at least uh, some of them with uh, movement. And I think the movement's key for him. Um, but then when it evaporates and we've seen that it can go from inning to inning here, then you get balls that get hung out over the plate and then smacked over the wall. And in turn, Runs come across the plate against you, and it breaks morale, and we're in this cycle again. Time is a yeah. flat circle. Yeah, uh, time is a flat circle is exactly right there. And I think the most important thing that I've seen is there's still flashes. There's still flashes of that success. It's just not – you're not getting any longevity out of Lance Lynn right now. And I, I remember this clip, and I, I know exactly which one you're talking about um, in this discussion with Steve, and I, I, I believe I said at that time – you have to be perfect. You have to hit your locations. You can't leave anything up. And that pitch that was <laughs> hammered right in the middle of the plate. Um, you know, uh, Jason and, and uh, Gordon talked about it when Santos came in um, and, and faced Biggio later. Um, and I believe he got him on a nice tight slider that was lowing in. Lance hung that one. That's the example of not being perfect and not hitting your spots when you're working at these velocities against teams like the Toronto Blue Jays that, you know, even a guy who's not having that great a time at the plate, you hang him a cookie, you get him right back into the zone. And we've seen this far too much. I don't know what the answer is here. I don't think Lance is at a position where the White Sox are going to say, okay, DFA, but you already saw them move the rotation around Johnny. Um, right. To hide I will him say for a day. So is there going to be an IL that's going to come for Lance Lynn here? Is what, what's the next logical step for Lance Lynn? Do you keep battling through this? How much, how much water can this ship take before it completely sinks? Cause we're already like heading towards the bottom of the ocean. 
Um, and that's not just a Lance thing. That's a whole White Sox thing. Right. But this isn't helping. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the, the old Phantom IL stint. I mean, that's an option. We've talked about that before. I mean, they not, I mean, obviously I know he had some fatigue, but back in 2021, remember at the end of the year, there was some uh, Carlos Rodon and Lucas Giolito breaking up there. Um, whether how legitimate you want to argue those IL stints, they were still IL stints. So um, th- that's, you know, an option there, but at the same time, um, you'd have to line it up with Davis Martin, um, you know, have him come in there. And then how much do you trust him? I know he's off to a solid start with Charlotte. Um, however, it's, you know, it's different level of hitters that you'd be facing there. So um, yeah, the, I mean, it sucks that we're at this point of talking about it um, on that level with Lance Lynn, but that's what the performance dictates. So are, are you uh, still enjoying Lance Lynn? Are you still, I mean, the, the, the name's, the name's still there. I think, should I change my name to L taker? No, I don't, I, if, if you want F in, F in the chat, F in the, the name F in bar, the, F in the name bar on Twitter. I don't know what, I don't know what else you can go with at this point, Johnny. I mean, I, I see Lance Lynn enjoyer scroll across my Twitter feed. And I wonder if you're the only one still enjoying Lance Lynn. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a slim crowd these days. I, you know, I love the big bastard, but man, it's got to get right. And he'll tell you that every time, but it's, you know, th- that's where you get worried because the, the mindset's still there. The mentality's, the mentality's always going to be there. I mean, shit. And I mean, you still saw him doing everything that Lance Lynn does when he was successful out there on the mound. It's not like right. it, there's a, there's a stark difference between him and, and a guy like Lucas Giolito. And it was even talked about during Giolito's last start. And, and Beckham sort of said this, you can tell when Lucas Giolito right. is on or off with Lance Lynn. He's always on, he's always there mentally. He's always going to go out there and compete. And that's admirable as hell. I think that's why Lance, that's why we enjoy Lance Lynn. Um, the sad part is, is when a guy is still out there with that mentality and he's getting beat as bad as Lance Lynn's getting beat, you're going to hear the same shit from Pedro Grafol come out of it. Like, oh, flush this one. Um, you know, Lance is going to compete. We're doing a lot of flushing this year. Yeah. We, we, got, we got a good plumber affiliate, Tony. <laughs> I don't know. I think we we probably need one. But plumbers 911, you know, oh. you see those in the UC yeah. at the urinals and stuff. So right. The, the White Sox doing as much flushing as like a whole hockey game at the UC plumbers 911. I'm getting a little worried about all that there. It's it's bad. Yeah, will the pipes hold up? I feel like they're already congesting gonna burst here. Is that is that why the here. house isn't fully built yet? Is because they haven't found a plumber? To... <laughs> we've we've re- we've reached the answer to the long asked question here. The Steve, going back to the Steve Stone, uh, as our guy Buzz would say, chastising fans on Twitter for not um, enjoying the carpentry or you know approving of it every step of the way. Um, of the plumbing system is obviously the problem. Yeah, so the plumbing was a problem, and we're doing too much flushing this year. Um, if you're not getting the gist on that one, that was Pedro Grifol before the game talking about flushing what happened the day before, and that's been having to, you know, what five in a row now. So if we're gonna flush again, we're we're getting some backed up septic here. Did did we eat like a bad burrito before this season? Yeah, the White Sox had poisoning. White Sox, White Sox poisoning. Had- the White Sox had whatever I had before, like that week before the season when I was just out of it. I think that's what happened. Oh, man. Down bad. I'm tired of, I'm tired of flushing. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I am too. Um, 
dude, I, I know we just talked about Lance a lot. Um, you know, with the rest of the bullpen there, I was worried about this. Um, I know Santos was living on the edge. He did work himself in and then work himself out of those jams. I wonder if the levy's going to break on that because people have been starting to enjoy him because he throws 103 and that's cool and tough. But I enjoy you saw, you saw mile an hour fastball. You see how dangerous it can get. And that's once they said, and then I hear Gordon say, well, the slider's discomfort pitch. Mm-mm. Sorry, buddy. You're in here for short stints. 103 mile an hour fastball has got to be your comfort pitch. Get comfortable with it because Gordon made a great point. You got to show that first to make the slider even look devastating. Otherwise, the slider's going to look like a cookie to him, even though it's still coming in at like 95, 96, right? Um, so that whatever he, he was able to work out of it. Guess we'll have to evaluate Santos next time. But Keenan Middleton, this is a guy that I was pretty impressed with in his first few outings here. He comes into this one and is not able to complete his inning here. And this is what I was worried about. You know, this was technically the exchange out, right? Because he was the piece that was added when Jose Ruiz left the White Sox. And if you go back and look at Keenan uh, Middleton last year with the Diamondbacks, he was kind of like their Ruiz guy. When you go and look at results and expectations, and now you start to see a little bit of damage on him um, there. And that's, you know, you already had a shaky bullpen, plenty of guys underperforming. Now you add this to the mix. We're back in the cycle, Tony. We're back in the cycle. So we got problems with the cycle on our washing machine and in the plumbing. That's that's not a good combination here. Sounds like they need like a home warranty. <laughs> Wait, isn't yeah they, they need a home warranty yeah that they could just like call in all these service people to come fix everything it's it's you know i will say this i'm glad that we're not watching jose ruiz out there and on the other note we found a positive on the show breaking we did I'm, I'm i'm glad that we're not watching jose ruiz out there i do like santos in terms of the velocity i think it plays i think you know if they can clean mm-hmm. a few things up Remember when we liked Diego Vieira because of the velocity? Yeah, but same <laughs> thing here. I mean, if we're going to talk like this is, you know, 2018 all over again, right? Yeah. you can start finding the positives in high-velocity projects that are in the bullpen instead of just the same old cycle that you talk about. And I'll add guys like Jake Diekman to that mix. Um, you know, when you talk about Middleton, I don't have a feeling he's going to be long for this club. Feels like I have a, a feeling. I have a feeling that if if Liam Hendricks were to come back, he's probably your odd man out at this point. That's just my thought in the bullpen area. He's probably the first to go. I don't know if you've got a different guy there. I know a lot of people are going to want it to be Deekman, but I have a feeling it's Middleton. Right. It's a possibility. We'll, we'll see. Obviously, Liam is not. Um, the, there was a little bit of an update on Liam that he may make an appearance right um, at the next homestand before ramping up. So that's excellent news. But obviously, no timeline on return to the field yet, um, understandably so. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Is Tanner Banks still on the uh, active, old active roster here? I want to say because. I feel like he'll be the option down, though, when Lucas Giolito returns from the bereavement list. That's what I would think. Right. So then, yeah, when you're talking about another addition there. um, I mean, things can change in between now and whenever Liam's back. I I know you. I saw that update as well on uh, Liam making an appearance with the club when they come back to Chicago. I I heard he was down throwing in Arizona. 
Right. Um, and then he's going to go out and compete. I would imagine AAA rehab stint for a week or two, probably yeah, right. throwing, you know, every three to four days, somewhere along that timeline. These are just rough estimates, but it'll probably be at least another month, I would think, Johnny. And right. I don't know how long the leash on Middleton is, and I don't know how much more damage the White Sox can do to themselves um, between now and when Liam Hendricks comes back. It's kind of scary to think about. Right, and it's, man, you go and look at the schedule upcoming here. Um, two more with these Jays. Uh, you got four at home against the Rays, who just swept you last weekend. Um, you've got the Twins, the division-leading Twins, coming into town after that, after one of those much-needed off days, of course. Um, it's, like you said, how much damage can they take on? We're already in the crater, so, I mean, it's... Do they start filling themselves in? <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, we're we are we are there, and I we've talked about it on the show that I hate to be down this bad this early, but it's not a joke here. It's absolutely not. The hole that they've dug themselves is almost insurmountable. It really is because you're then expecting a turnaround. A, you got to get on a hot stretch to readjust the morale. First of all, right, and then. It, you also have to play so much better than you have in terms of your pace, right? Pace of winning games. I know the pace has been dog shit because they haven't won many games at all so far. Um, but you're expecting then what is, I think they're, they're like the estimates out after yesterday's loss that 190% cent better than you have been playing. Go and right the ship and get up to like that, whatever the win threshold of what would probably take the cake in the AL central. Cause it's too much math right now. Cause I'm too much losing to do the math. John. And there's no, there's no wild card coming from the AL central. I highly doubt that. Look at no. all these AL East teams. They mentioned it. All of them above 500, you know, damn well, someone's just grabbing that. And then you go and look out West and who knows how sustainable the Rangers um, run is, but they're technically at the top. Houston's off to a little bit of a, you know, not, you know, a little bit of a sluggish start for their standards, but I would imagine them to be in the postseason mix. So go and look at the, where those wild cards are going and it's coastal. It's not happening in the central. So we're, we're really down bad. And you're going to have to play lights out baseball against the AL central to even have a chance at this like right. lights out. And when I say lights out, Johnny, I mean, like sweeping, <laughs> weeping. Yeah. Um, and they've done nothing thus far to show me that they can sweep the Minnesota twins. Um, Right. Yeah, it's 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 a dark time right now. And, you know, like I said, we talked a lot, a lot about that yesterday. Um, I don't know if you've got any more thoughts or if you want to move on. I, to. I, uh, I just want to pull up a comment yeah, here. I, I think it's funny. It's and it's you know, we're at this point. It's sad, but it's also funny. So when I go and read something like this, um, if the wheels are off, why not just go crazy and shake things up in fun ways? Give up on defense and only put power lineups out there. Just pitch to contact. Have one through nine steel bases randomly. Um, that's. I think hilarious that we're reading this off here, but at the same time, when you go and watch the slosh that you just see on your television night in night out and the ineffectiveness of everything, you honestly think how much worse could it get if you actually tried something experimental like that, Tony, seriously, my mind does wander there. It, it can't get worse. And that's the, that's the most hilarious part about this. We, as a fan base, we were so enamored on, you know, having the right guy in the right position or, you know, how the lineup is uh, structured one through nine. But 
when you start to look at how bad it's gotten so far, um, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not try some crazy shit just to see if it if it works and maybe sparks something? Um, you know, I will say, and something that we sort of glossed over is, you know, that this team does miss Tim Anderson at the top. I think they've really struggled in the first inning to get anything sort of going. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, remiss of, of missing the fact that, you know, Tim Anderson's down. Uh, there's the other side of that coin, though, where the White Sox have played a lot of baseball without Tim Anderson over these past couple of seasons. Um, you can add Yon Mancata um, to the also down right now list. But do you really see these guys coming back and making an impact? I can see it helping in the AL Central. I can see that not being as bad as it is right now. I just don't know if you add Tim Anderson back into this lineup, and I'm I'm curious for your perspective on this. If you add Tim Anderson back into this lineup, is it this bad or is it remarkably better? No, it's not remarkably better. It's better, right? Because I think yeah, everybody knows. You can go and look up the record the, the, since 2020. That's the mark, right? They're so much better with Tim Anderson than without him. So th- that – Obviously, there are some variables within there, but it just it's a trend that definitely is bears, you know, looking at there. So, yes, it, things would improve, but at the same time, he's still going to be coming back. How good is that knee? Um, what we saw, you know, today, I know he's the, the news coming out before the game is that he is almost ready to go on a rehab assignment. So that's one positive. Another we got we are up to two positives here on this episode of Socks on Tap. Um, but that's the other thing too. It, um, feels like, yes, sure. You kind of get a little bit of a motor, you know, motor boost back. You get a, um, uh, maybe, you know, some higher on base, um, some hits to, you know, catalyze things at the top, but Tim Anderson's role isn't that of like a run creator. I, I, you know, not that Tim Anderson is less important than someone like this, but if you had a massive power bat coming back that you knew was going to start creating runs big time, that might feel a little bit different, Tony. And I kind of, it's weird to like, kind of like talk about like, but I think of Yaz in 2021 when he came back because he went on a tear after he came back and he was one of the best run producers in the game um, from mid August through all of September. And I feel like that would, you know, I don't know, feel like a bigger boost. And it's once again, it's not to undercut Tim Anderson's value, what he means to this team, because, you know, it'll help you defensively. It'll help you um, sort out your lineup correctly, right? Because we've got Luis Robert Jr. hitting at the top, who is like, what, four for 60-something <laughs> over his most recent stretch here. So the guy that, that should not be hitting at the top of the order. Right. That's it, just... it, would, it would help in that regard, but at the same time, is it moving the needle enough? And the answer is no, because they've dug themselves such a crater that we're in right now discussing. That's, that's, that's fair. Um, I'm, right. I'm ready to flush yeah. this one. Like Pedro. Oh, yeah. we're, we're doing more flushing here on white Sox land. All right. Tuesday's matchup, Mike Clovenger versus Jose Barrios. Um, I mean, I guess just ask, do you think they can get it back on track Tuesday? no, no, I don't. I don't think they can get it back on track at, at this point. Uh, they have to do something to prove it. I, I said this again, you know, a couple of days ago. Um, they they just have to do something. It's going to be miraculous if they finally do win a baseball game. Um, 
we talked a little bit about the Barrios matchup. Uh, they know him. They've seen him in the Central before. They've had a couple of good games against him. Johnny, I, I don't want to automatically go say it's it's going to be a win. It just feels like at some point the streak has to come to an end. Um, I, I have no reason to believe in them, but uh, for the sake of like hoping that we get to enjoy ourselves tomorrow, I'll say, like, please give me a win. Yeah, um, and I believe if you go back and uh, touch on our Sunday Funday show, um, like Tony had mentioned earlier, I recommend that too. Some more deep dive discussions on the organizational state of things. But at the very end, we did look ahead to the series and was Steve um, kind of outlined that game two here would be their best opportunity to take one. And once again, we're this low in the crater where we're talking about taking one, not winning a series or sweeping to get things right. <laughs> we got to win one, uh, but yeah, the Barrios thing there, maybe that's a factor. Seeing him time in Minnesota um, hasn't been. Is that a positive or is it a middle of the road thing? What do you mean? That we know Barrios. Oh. Um, I'm trying to come up with our third should, positive for the day. Our yeah, third it, should, piece of it, positive. it should be a positive because isn't the line always that whenever you face a guy that you haven't seen frequently, it's that, oh, well, the White Sox always struggle with guys they're unfamiliar with. So it's a positive that you have familiarity. Yeah, I guess. All right, number three. We got a hat trick of positive. <laughs> we got a hat trick of positive for this episode of Socks on Tap. We appreciate everyone tuning in, jumping in the YouTube comments here. Uh, go subscribe. Uh, it's on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube. Like uh, all the videos there and press the little alert button so you know when we go live for these shows. Tony, you'll be back at it with NWI Steve Tuesday. I really hope you're talking about a winner, man. For your sake, for our sake, for White Sox fans' sake, for everyone. I hope so, too, because doing this day in, day out is uh, just uber pleasant, talking about losses. But thank you, everybody who tuned in once again. Uh, we enjoy doing this. Um, despite the outcomes, it just gets a little bit uh, stale, would you say, Johnny, if uh, we have to continue to right. take uh, meetings like this. Right, and unfortunately, a lot of them are the same losses. feels like we've already seen this movie again, right? Um, yeah, it's, Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. So, all right, that'll wrap it up for this edition of Socks on Tap. Thank you again for everyone tuning in. We're here to drown your misery. So, until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>